So let's 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 start with Social Security. So how do you talk to plans about Social Security? How should participants think about it? So Social Security is probably the the single most important universally available lifetime income. And that when we are getting closer to retirement, we start looking at that Social Security income statement and say, wow, I'm going to get this for the rest of my life. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to rest of my life. Social Security, I think, is a very important part of the average American worker's retirement income. And the lower your income, the more it replaces, of course. And the higher income, the smaller amount that it replaces. So how do we talk about it? We talk about that being one of the used to be three-legged stool and now the sort of two-legged stool. Problem with a two-legged stool is there is no stool. <laughs> I mean, just lay down. Um, and that you need to be more responsible for that one leg that you are responsible for. Actually, you're responsible for all of it. You're responsible for the Social Security piece because you earn and put your 7% in. And then your leg is you're responsible. So it's really your self-funding, the entire thing. And when you are, you are fully responsible for the outcome. And people are not thinking about it that way either. And so is that if you have to think about it and you want to construct your portfolio, that you can think of Social Security as a bond. Right. It's a bond investment that will spit out income over the rest of your life. If it replaces your desired income by 60 percent or 70 percent, depending on your income, then the remaining amount you are fully responsible to make up. Let's talk a little bit about why Social Security is good. <laughs> and, and even saying that, that's, I guess, a controversial statement. There's politics that, that get involved with this topic, but some things that I think are pretty great about Social Security are that it's um, inflation indexed, <laughs> which is absolutely huge in this in the current environment. I think uh, the adjustment to Social Security income is rising to what is like nine percent or eight percent increase. Yes. That is not something you can get from an annuity currently. You can get a cost of living adjustment, but you can't get inflation indexing. So that's huge. And to your counterparty risk, if the U.S. government is defaulting on Social Security, we probably have bigger problems yes. going on. Um, what, are, what are some other things, Philip, that you would say are good and also maybe things that aren't so good about Social Security? I, I think Social Security, if you uh, go back in history, if I understand correctly, when it was first floated, there were a lot of people pushed back as another, you know, uh, income redistribution, you know, all the standard things that talk about when government comes in to try to do something for the masses. Without going to politics, without saying spending is good or bad, I think that today, if you tell people that the government is going to take away Social Security, you know, even more pushback for taking it away. And that is sort of, you know, evidence to suggest that Social Security, regardless we like it, we don't like it, we're not giving it up. So overall, I think Social Security with all its flaws, potentially, and the cost and so on, becomes now the bedrock that nobody has the political courage to really try to challenge that. So with that reality, we need to build on to the goodness that Social Security does provide, which is a predictable stream of income that replaces a specific percentage of your income plus cost of living adjustment. Th th there is nothing that comes close. Even if we have annuities is not going to do it. It may have some adjustment, but nothing like dollar for dollar adjustment. So it is a bedrock of folks' lifetime income at, at post-retirement. The question is, how big of that rock? <laughs> is it big enough for you to stand on, sleep on, and rest on? Or is this a piece of your overall foundation and you need to be responsible for the remaining piece? But I do want to address this idea that Social Security is going away entirely. 
folks who are in a younger demographic, it's very common to hear people say, oh, Social Security is not going to be there for me. Now, based on the research I've done, you know, reading from Social Security experts, my impression is that saying Social Security is going to fully go away is a fairly extreme thing to say. Because certain relatively small tweaks, either to get a little bit more money into the Social Security system or to reduce benefits in like by raising the retirement age, et cetera, could put Social Security kind of back on a fairly responsible financial path. But it's just one of these things that no politician wants to do until they have to. And that'll probably be maybe in 2035 or whenever it is that we hit that tipping point. Uh, do you have any thoughts about the viability of yeah. Social Security? Is that something you hear? How do you address that question? At the end of the day, is about trust. This Social Security insecurity or distrust in Social Security is a very complex phenomenon. Because Social Security was set up at a time when people's average life expecting was 63 and they said Social Security would pay at 65. Never thought about people live to age 80s and 90s and beyond and that this is a real phenomenon. And so we have underfunded all along. We have undersaved under all that. But it's always been this kind of a wobbly, a bit wobbly, right? And it doesn't help by showing how underfunded or not funded we are and when it's going to go bankrupt. We keep talking about bankrupt. So I think the messaging is terrible. Yeah. It's just about trust and about messaging and about understanding why the young folks are saying this is bad. When I was young, I never thought that uh, my knees would hurt. Oh, no, it never happened to me. No, no, no. Knee, knees hurt. No, no. Wait till you get your knee hurting. And they say, oh, so that's a human trait. We cannot feel something if we don't experience it. So I, I totally understand it. That's why, again, messaging and understanding and educating the importance of some safety net. This is really a safety net. This is not going to make you rich. and not going to get you to drive a, a fancy sports car in retirement. This is safety net. And that thank goodness, at least they have something that they can rely on. So typically for every year that you delay taking Social Security, um, the income that you get then for the rest of your life is 8% higher. The difference between retiring at, at 62 versus retiring at 70, it's uh, almost an 80% increase in, in your lifetime benefits that kind of go on for your life. And, and talking about break-evens is something that has been done in the past. My sense is that that's not the right way to talk about it, because to your point about young people who haven't experienced it, even people who are 60 have not experienced being 80. So assuming if I'm 60 and I'm thinking about Social Security, how should I address that? I think that we do need a, a fiduciary advisor or FAs to walk through those choices with uh, people who are near retirement. They should be educated. They should be communicated to. They should have the information, but in a in a user friendly way through some kind of an experience on on a real one on one basis, or some kind of experience through seminar. You know, the employers can give seminars. They give seminars all the time. It's really a framework. Let's give them a framework. And what are the pros and cons on taking it early or taking it late? Yeah. So I, I, you talked about the need for advice, and I think that's Again. true. You know, there was there's one study that that I read that the average American household misses out on a hundred thousand dollars worth of Social Security income by claiming at the wrong time. And typically, what we see is that many households claim at 62, when in an ideal world they would claim at age 70. And we as an industry need to be talking about 
bridge strategies and having people spend down their savings rather than claiming social security. But I also want to talk about a couple of the other things that that advice is helpful on, which would be deciding when each of you are going to retire. If you have a partner, that can be advantageous for one person to retire earlier than the other. And then also for folks who do claim at 62, they need to be aware that if they then work part-time in retirement, if they make more than a, somewhere right around $19,000, then they're actually going to see a decrease in their Social Security benefits until they reach age 65. So all of these are, are reasons why this simple question can become a bit complex. What would you say, Philip, if you were to give one piece of advice to a plan sponsor, to a participant about Social Security, what would it be? If we can use basic sense in explaining Social Security rather than very technical, well, it's Social Security, if you make this and then not that, and all that is great. <laughs> but what is the premise behind it? Why do we suggest that if you can at all afford to wait, you should because of the following three reasons, bang, bang, and bang. Forget numbers, right? So I would say that a plan sponsor who understands what is the purpose of the plan, what is the objective of the plan, if it is to drive outcome, if it is to help individuals to have some semblance of reality to provide a lifetime income post-retirement, then I think it makes sense to bring in folks bring in a platform that can provide an experience for an individual to either do it yourself or to feed it to you in understandable, simplistic manner that people walk out of that meeting, walk out of that experience and said, for the first time, I understand and I know what the choice is, two choices, wait or not wait. Philip, thank you again for being on all of these episodes of our podcast. We, we really appreciate you being here with us. Thank you again for inviting me and giving me this opportunity.